Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording in a new year. Old Happy COVID. New year. Three weeks later. New, new COVID because Omicron has wrecked. Um, and, you know, I guess it was supposed to be the new variant, but obviously they skipped a few Greek alphabet letters. So now we have Omicron, which, what, popped up at the end of November. We, we've talked about it since in terms of, you know, the outlook or possibilities. Last time I think we spoke, um, Zed, uh, or we recorded, I think Alabama State was canceled, but we decided not to release the episode because just things were in such flux with UNC. UNC ended up being canceled, but we did have, you know, luckily in December we had a game against Marquette, uh, a cancellation um, with Washington, and then before that we had Colorado to start off the month. Um, so two games in December, but here we are, New Year's. Three. We have two, three Cal games. Cal Poly, too. Cal Poly was canceled, right? So, yeah, we had Cal Poly canceled, Alabama State canceled, and uh, UNC canceled. And then, and then we only played two games, which was Colorado and Marquette in December. Correct, yeah. And we've already played two games in January, so we're in a better start for the year. Um, with a little bit of drama, you know, obviously it looks like we're revving up to, to play our, our basketball rival, uh, you know, over there in the desert in Tucson. So uh, it, with rescheduling, hopefully we'll get them back on soon because obviously <laughs> it'll be a fun one. <laughs> but uh, besides that... The Arizona that, fans have such an inferiority complex. It's incredible. I, I, can't, I can't understand the lack of awareness of just them just not understanding how their words Im- imply their just mentality as a program. Like, they should be proud. They were the last, like, they shouldn't forget. They were the last Pac-12 school to win a championship. But the way they, I don't know, it's so weird. It's just, they're like, look at me, look at me. It's about us. No, it's not. <laughs> there well, is a pandemic. Outside of their one run and, you know, they've been decent in the last 20 years they haven't made a final four we've made four in that period um yeah they're just i don't know they're kind of whiny crybabies half the time uh, about everything and like they act like petulant children with like you said zero self-awareness zero awareness of what's going on in the rest of the world um and uh, that isn't surprising with that fan base. I think they've generally acted or pretended to be a blue blood when they've done nothing uh, to warrant that status whatsoever. So it, it's not surprising they acted this way, but it is funny um, how mad they are. And uh, frankly, I I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed them melting down so much that I just I hope. I don't really hope this, but for a little bit, I did hope that we would just never reschedule that game and just to watch them like scream and cry the entire time. <laughs> and talk about how our program's scared to play the mighty Arizona, the mighty Wildcats who... Which we have a five-game win streak over uh, going back to like 2018. And and, uh, and let's not forget, they beat a, a Michigan team that is now unranked. So and and lost to a Tennessee team, which is not even the top team in the SEC. So I, again, I I think I mean good for them to living up, you know, and and 
and riding on their own hype and living in their own world. And Tommy Lloyd is a fantastic coach, let's not forget. Like, this team was not supposed to be in the top ten this this early, and we'll see how, you know, it's sustained throughout the season, but they have a high net ranking. Like, you know, the analytics loves them. But they still have a season to be played, and they also are shown to be beatable in many aspects. So, and 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 it's not about them, you know. We will play them, and whether it's once or twice, and it'll be a hell of a game, and I'm sure we we will win. I'll put that out there right now. <laughs> yeah. But with the Arizona, you know, in in terms of of the uh, us digressing, we have played we finally played our first game since december what was it december 11th and we played a long beach state which was our second time playing them the first time we played them i believe was in november early november and um yeah what did you think about that game you watched the games live also disclosure i was off the grid for the past uh Five or so days, so I did come back and rewatch the games. But again, I got a more of a truncated version, more so where Zed was watching them live. Uh, yeah, like I, I didn't take too much away from that game. I thought we came out and played uh, pretty good defense in the first half, um, and then let up a little bit in the second half. I think it was clear there was a lot of guys that were getting gassed in that game like huffing and puffing, looked tired. Um, so it was it was difficult to really take anything away from it. Um, it was nice to see Cody Riley back on the floor. Um, it was nice to see Jules Bernard get some of his shot back in that game. Um, and, you know, Tiger just continues to be Tiger, um, even after that long break. But, you know, it was hard to take anything away from Long Beach State. I was more excited to watch them against Cal. Um, being is really only the second, I think, true road game that we've played this season. Um, you know, second Pac-12 matchup, um, coming off that long break. And, you know, and, and Cal being a pretty improved team at this point. I think they have some very good players. Um, Mark Fox has coached them into being a pretty good defensive unit and, uh, it showed in that game. I think they, they played hard. They played well, um, you know, especially with Andre Kelly getting basically everything he wanted um, down low. But I, I, what was encouraging to me in that game, um, after that long break, being on the road, um, that we were able to grind out a very slow-paced defensive game. And we played pretty solid defense for the most part, except for against Andre Kelly. Um, which, to be frank, if there's one guy that's just going off against you and you've locked everyone else up, generally you're going to win the game, and, and we did in that point um, in this in this case. So I was encouraged to see that, that game. I was encouraged to see that we won. You know, really we would have won by double digits had there not been that stupid foul at the end of the game that uh, Jill and Clark committed on a three-point closeout when we had basically won. But um, it was especially encouraging to see them win in that kind of grind-out defensive manner when two of our main contributors um, in Jules Bernard and Johnny Juzang really were not shooting the ball very well at all. So, you know, uh, 
I, I was I was perfectly content with that win. Um, you know, Tiger Campbell continues to be incredible. Um, I think it's funny how he kind of snuck almost under the radar this year. A lot of conti- uh, a lot of the attention was being put on you know Jaime Jaquez and Johnny Juzang um, as the the are kind of best players, but I think people kind of slept on Tiger and forgot how good he was last year. And now that he's added his three-point shot, um, he's literally doubled his three-point percentage this year. Um, And at this point, I think we have enough data to say that that is not a fluke. Uh, He, in my opinion, is easily the most important player um, and our current best player on this team. Um, and I think deserves to be in the conversation for at least Pac-12 Player of the Year. So, you know, shout out to him for, for doing what he does. Um, you know, Jaime coming off a gimpy ankle that he hurt against Long Beach State playing well. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that's what makes this team dangerous, is even when we have two guys that are really struggling to, to score. Um, you generally have two or three other guys on our in our starting rotation that are capable of taking a game over on the offensive side. Um, and I know Cody Riley is still kind of coming back um, to speed, but he looked solid defensively and had a few shots kind of towards the end of the game start dropping for him. So that was a good sign, but really Hawkes and, and Tiger carried us against Cal. Um, and that's the beauty of the, this team is offensively. We, we have so many weapons. It's the defensive side. That's been an issue. Um, and it was nice to see them kind of lock up against Cal a little bit more and and um, grind out a, a very slow-paced win, very similar to what we did to many teams in the tournament. So uh, happy happy to see that win. Yeah, I you know I came back and I was I was excited to see Cody Riley's return, but what I was not expecting was the hair changes on our team. I mean, Hami. <laughs> had cut his hair and I was like where's the locks you know but on the flip side you have Miles whose hair changed between both games which I thought was pretty cool uh and he put a headband on for Cal so I mean our team obviously has the best hair in all college basketball (laughs) collectively but it's cool to see that they you know over the holidays they obviously were out for a month due to COVID but they 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 had to put their energy elsewhere so the real shocker would have been if uh, you showed up and Tiger was like bald or something I don't know what I would do. I I think I would be as confused. You know, there there's certain hairs out there that are just iconic and when this is all done, Tiger's hair whenever he cuts it off, if he ever does, is going to go on some mannequin and, you know, the UCLA Hall of Fame just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> like somewhere in the basketball section is going to be Tiger's hair just sitting there. Um but it it's it, that was one thing I was just like, what's the hair updates when I when I came back and then also Long Beach State, I mean from the first game that guy Slater and Murray just they had the games of their lives. Obviously they weren't able to repeat it this time, but I was excited to finally see Joe Hampton play. Interesting with that team, I want to say if, like just a couple things, not to stick on Long Beach State because obviously that's not really the focus, but um. Joe Hampton, I mean he missed all his free throws. That team is extremely talented when you actually look at. I don't want to say extremely. They're relatively talented versus their conference. And it, it, their zone just doesn't work for them. I, I, I know, you know, they have their coach, Monson. I'm not 
I if I was a Long Beach fan, long if I was a beach fan, I would be pretty annoyed with the coaching because I don't think they should be as bad as they are. I know they have tough competition. I know they played us twice. Now they have eight losses, but they shouldn't be four and eight with those guys. Um, and granted, you know we beat them pretty handedly. Almost put another hundred pointer on them. Um, and and it 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 could have been worse. And obviously we shook off our rust, but that is a team that with the right coaching I don't want to know I don't know if it's the right coach but if they could get it together and I don't know their health situation as well they're they're a solid team that could make a run for the tournament in some like alternative year with that cast that's how I believe just watching those guys they're just hoopers like I said they're also I always consider them the Fresno State of of California basketball so um hopefully pick it up and have a better season because it helps us the other thing with Cal shout out to Dan Munson though for moving his schedule around to go and play this game. I think Mick Cronin mentioned that. So, uh, yeah, do appreciate Props that. Definitely appreciate that. I mean, obviously USC didn't want to play us, and which was understandable. And Arizona also didn't want to come out, which is understandable. But somehow it's our fault. But that's a side note. Anyways, oh, they were uh, ducking us, obviously. <laughs> if if we you know if we if that's if we had that state of mind, but um. It, and then the cow, you know, interesting. Cow's interesting because uh, obviously, what is it? The third or second year of Fox? I think it's his third year. Third, I believe, yeah. Third year, and he lost his guy to San Diego State. Um, you know, his main guy, and you know, he has Andre Kelly, and he has Shepard, Antisovich, Antisovich. But and, and Andre Kelly obviously just shot an amazing number, and and, and was great, and Shepard. Um, had didn't have really a great game, and what it stood out to me is like I know Cal. I don't think they're a great three point shooting team. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they really stuck it up from the perimeter. Seven percent, and that was positive for us. Just you know, just to have that number going forward, but also just like yeah, if the amount of turnovers that we created, we had fifteen turnovers we created, and we had nine on our end. Obviously, thanks to. Tiger, which I'm going to get to in a moment, and just obviously you piggyback off what Zed said with a few comments. But um, it, it was, yeah, it was a very positive game. We're on the road in the Haas Pavilion, which if you've ever been there, it's just, it's it's a very strange place. It's also, I like their arena, but it's very on top of you. And it's just, to be on the road in Berkeley is is never easy. It's underrated, to say the least. But I They think had a good crowd well. in there. He had a good crowd. We had some um, friends who went supporting UCLA, obviously, but yeah, and um, well, I don't know. Sometimes those friends can flip, but yeah, <laughs> luckily they supported UCLA this time. And um, they're all alum. They all, uh, so by default. But uh, but so I was I watched the game and it never seemed like or watched the highlights. Obviously, I didn't watch the full game, but it seemed like we were never. Like, we lost control. Like, they, you know, they would try to climb back. They gave their best effort, but uh, we were able to put them away in the last, you know, few minutes. And I was, it was positive to see what's going on with Riley. I was happy to see Juzang um, do his little second extra, like, little efforts. Obviously, he he didn't have the shooting night he wanted. Overall, in the he also first didn't half, force anything, which was but good. he didn't force anything. Yeah, and that's that was what was great. Like his percentages didn't show great, but we also he played with an offense, and you just saw. I love just seeing his team make the the next pass right, and it's not even forcing. Like it's like Peyton Watson when he gets the ball, he 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 makes the next next pass 
Um, and granted, he didn't log in any, any assists, but I saw you got to see how he's playing within a system. He's not necessarily putting up the numbers we expect. Um, but you see in Long Beach State with someone like that, like he had that, what was that, the, the reverse that he had, you know? And then against Cal, he didn't really have the greatest game, but things are going to come together. And I, I'm happy to see the team back. I'm happy to see Hakez, you know, obviously the warrior he is, um, put up, you know, his numbers and, and his efficiency. And then just Tiger. And one thing I want to say about Tiger is like, this is. A comparison I want to make, and I've been feeling like this way since last year, even before the tournament, the way he plays and controls the game is very similar. It's like a college basketball version of Chris Paul. And I don't know if I've said this on the episode, if I have, and if I have, then I'll repeat it now with emphasis. Like, he just makes the team flow so well. He's like the perfect college guard. Um, and he really controls the tempo, and it's so instrumental. And it, that's why, to Zed's point, he is the most important player. Um, and then second is Hakez, obviously. And then you can say Riley and the big men, obviously, for the post. But Tiger makes his team go, and I'm excited to see you know what else is to come and how he orchestrates the rest of the season because it's been so much fun watching him over the past three years and obviously his growth as well. Um, for a player who... As we know, you know, his freshman year is taken away from him because of his ACL. And I hope, I mean, it'll be a bonus to have him next year. But if not, I'm just enjoying the ride because seeing him come back, it's just so much fun to watch him play and how he controls the game, his passes, his flows. Uh, And now, you know, you're getting to see a little bit more confidence, like the way he does his ISOs on the on the elbow and he just takes that that pull-up shot and it goes in and like you said his three is now legit it's also i think it's if not number one in the conference it's it top is. three at least yeah, yeah. it's number one it yeah is. and i think what was that the guard from colorado's number two and jules is like number three but i don't know if after the last game because jules didn't shoot well but tiger you know what i mean like he's just bona fide not just player of the week we're we're, we're rooting for tiger to hopefully be on the the finalists for you know national awards as this team continues to excel because Hakez and Juzang obviously deservedly get the praise that they get some leftover from last uh, from last March but um, Tiger's right there with them very much so so um, oh, shout yeah. out to the team for for getting back and Mick just you know steering the way if you all watched the Westwood episode you've seen this team has been focused and they had they called it a little mini off season that they had. Um, but they seem to be in good spirits and healthy uh, moving forward. And hopefully, you know, the guys who who didn't catch COVID aren't, you know, they, hopefully they stay negative for the rest of the season and for the rest of their life. Um, but basketball's in a good place. We're back. We're number number three, right? Are we number three? Number, number three. Number three, yep. And um, with a Baylor loss, we should move up to, to two next week, uh, depending on what happens, you know, with other teams. And um, depending and on also, if we win ourselves this week, yes. And so going on, what? How are we feeling about Oregon and Oregon State? Um, you know, I I watched part of that Oregon Oregon State game. Was that yesterday or two days ago now? Um, both teams are are definitely improved. Um, I think that they're 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 much better than the, when they were, you know, even a month or two ago. They're playing at a higher level that. That game was a battle. I don't know if you watched it at all, but I did. Um, it was all the way to the last shot. Yeah, Oregon. Oregon State really blew blew that 
that um, that easy layup, unfortunately, to tie it with time expiring. But um, it was a battle. I think that you know, they're both those teams are starting to really figure it out now. Again, I was a little surprised at how bad both of them looked. Um, but you know, Dana Altman for Oregon obviously always kind of figures it out at some point, and. I think Wayne Tinkle's a solid coach as well, so they're starting to figure it out. But, you know, I, I, I think we're just a, a better team than both of them at this point. And whether we're, you know, having a hot shooting night or whether we need to slow down and, and play defense and kind of, you know, make an ugly game, I think we're, we're at a point where we're getting we're, – we've done enough of both to – be able to successfully execute both of those game plans. So I think we should be able to handle um, both of the Oregon schools, you know, coming into Poly. Um, I, I think we should win both games. Now, there's obviously the lack of home court advantage right now um, because they did not, they, the school has decided not to let fans in for these next two games, essentially. Um, not allowing fans into any indoor sporting uh, event until the 21st of January, um, which was a uh, a uh, contentious, uh, has been a contentious debate amongst Bruin fans. Um, where do you, how, how did you think the school's been handling this so far? Because uh, I, I, I have some thoughts, but well, I want to hear from I, you. I want to just quickly say in that game on Oregon and Oregon State, which you covered pretty well, is like we just to your point that Dana Altman uh, gets it together. He's gotten these transfers. Um, they're very raw and athletic. Well, their starting center is obviously a former five star who went to Sunrise, which is the same place that you know our former target Mark Mitchell went to. It's a good program, and they have Biddle, who's you know Oregon local native who's also a former, I think he's like a high four-star. They have length, right? And they have guards. So we just can't underestimate this team. And I think it's going to be a much more bigger battle um, than we expect. And like you said, they're rolling now. They're on a three-game win streak. Um, And they were 6-6 at one point. Uh, And I still wouldn't be surprised if they make the tournament, depending on, you know, they can go on a run. I expect them to beat other teams like, you know, Oregon. I mean, Arizona or... Or... um, what's it called a USC but to that point is like yeah they did have a battle with Oregon State who I also we will play and Lucas will be uh, mostly a target but they also have that Ford I think his name's like Alatashi or something um Mm -hmm. and they have guys obviously don't have Ethan Thompson but uh they they will be both tough teams to play uh but in, in going on to your point with yeah unfortunately we're not having fans I say that because, you know, obviously it'll be one thing uh, reading just on it and seeing it from, you know, my view from what 3000 miles away is that I'm not necessarily happy with happy with the comms uh, of COVID since probably the Alabama State game. I know you were like on your way, if not inside the arena. <laughs> I and found then, out at the doors. Yeah. And I wasn't happy with the ho- Holiday Bowl, no matter what, it just didn't leave me with a good feeling uh you know switching over quickly to football like how we did that i wish we would have been more in front of it especially with what everything was going down and there's already precedence for cancellations 
So that's what I mean going back to precedence. Um, you know, now that they have announced yesterday on Tuesday around like what four four something, uh, two days before the game, that they will no longer be having fans until the twenty. You know, until after the twenty first, and I guess they'll reassess it. Uh, I think I just it just feels like a lag that is really inconveniencing and then that's unavoidable. And I think, uh, the AD department, um, you know, PR is subject and leadership including martin jarman is we're willing to criticize on that because they have not handled this well and i think you know whether we can talk about it being subjectively or objectively and i know you're right there you're you know pretty close to ground zero on all this i know players helps uh we do not again it's not about the decisions it's all about the communication with this one and i don't think it's being handled well yeah, look, I, the, the decision is what it is. I, I understand why they don't want to have fans in there, or, or not why they don't, but why they can't. Um, I think there's a, you know, people keep pointing, hey, the Lakers have full capacity, or Clippers do. I get that. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not considering, in that argument, you're not really considering that this is a university where they've put in-person... Um, uh, uh, in-person teaching on hold until I think the 28th or whatever it is um, of January. Um, so students are technically not allowed to be on campus for school. That being said, students are on campus. They're living on campus. So it's not like students aren't allowed at all on campus. Um, so there is a little bit of, you know, you can play that both ways. There are students on campus that are living in the dorms. Um, you know, the the university itself is functioning um, in many aspects where they're just not having classes there. So I think, you know, that being said, the optics of saying, hey, we're not doing uh, classes in person and then having a game, I kind of understand. But, you know, you can argue it both ways. But, you know, I'm not here to, to make that decision. But I think to your point, it is the communications. I think those are getting increasingly frustrating at this point. Um, and I, I, I fully understand that, you know, this COVID uh, situation and um, environment is constantly in flux. It's very complicated. There's a lot of complex decisions. And it's not just UCLA struggling with this. Um, I think, you know, most big organizations are trying to figure out, hey, when can we safely bring people into a certain space or whatever? It is a very difficult decision to make. That being said, why this was not communicated a week ago when they decided not to let students back in for classes is beyond me. Like, it just seems like the most natural, easy thing to be like, okay, this is the consideration. We, students aren't coming back, so we can't let, um, you know, fans into the stadiums. Um, let's just announce it. Like, this constant, like let's wait and see, let's wait and see, let's wait and see. And then, you know, 24, 48 hours, even same day announcement of, hey, sorry, no, no go is, is getting really, really quite annoying. Um, it's, it's, for me, it's not as big of an inconvenience because I live so close, it can get to games very easily. But like, there's a lot of fans that drive from, even within Los Angeles, like, if you need to drive from, you know, the east side of the city to 
here or from South Bay or wherever you may live, like it can take a couple of hours to get into a game. And so like, you know, there's a lot of time and money and effort that people spend to to attend these games. Um, and it more increasingly so, and that's what we want. We want people to come. Um, but now we're just making it so hard to even plan on going. Um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. And, and I do think that this is on um, the PR team, but also on Martin Jarman to some degree. Like, you would think the first couple times, okay, you get a pass. I understand the Alabama State thing. You know, things were moving very quickly day of. You know, positive tests were coming back, whatever. Um but like for UNC we waited till what the day before for um the holiday poll we waited until 4 hours before or 5 hours before um and now i guess we've made a marginal um improvement by doing it like 2 days before but it's still not ideal um and and i've noticed a a lack of um, the AD and the department in general just not being as active on social media addressing these concerns when people are, are calling them out on it, and justifiably so, um, you know, calling them out on, on communicating poorly around this. And so I, I would like to see an improvement here. I think, you know, this is, you know, we've been very vocal about our, our support of Martin Jarman and how great of a job he's done overall, but this is one area that I think he has... Um, not done a very good job so um, yeah I, I we'll see what happens um, effectively this this fan pause keeps people out for you know Oregon and Oregon State really only um, so you're only missing two games but um, if that is to be extended hopefully it is not like the day before the next home game or something like that where they announce that and just just to be open and transparent, I think, is, is going to be important for the school. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I think we should learn from schools like Stanford in this case that, you know, very quickly and decisively said, hey, we're not having fans for the rest of the month. Um, that's it. I'm sure people were upset about it, but at least people had a had a um, advance notice. I think people get infinitely more upset when you get such a short notice um so this is is just something that the the school needs to do better at uh, i i i understand now this is what year three or year two of this and we would hope that we've learned something around communicating around covid uh issues but doesn't really seem like we have um so that's it's a little bit unfortunate it is not about the decision, it's about the communication. That's that's bothering us. Just to repeat that. Yeah, absolutely. So um Just hopefully tell us. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully the the wave subsides. I know it's affecting other sports um as well, but you know we're hoping this all subsides by the end of January and our student athletes can get back on, our students can get back on campus and we can resume the season. But this is a, you know, the, the pandemic has not gone away until it does. We have to be agile. And I, I would like it if we were, you know, leaders in this conversation more so than followers and not even followers, but just <clears throat> it seems like, you know, we're not the most popular uh, fan base or alumni. 
and how we're handling this, and it's affecting other schools. So here we are. Um, okay, so other than that, I, I guess the, the theme there is the lack of communication or transparency or question marks, right? Uh, I think we can move that over and segue into football <laughs> because I don't know what is going on. It's been such a crazy, you know, off season in all respects for many programs um, with this transfer market, with NIL influencer, with the movement of coaches, early signing days. It just seemed like you know, all ingredients for a perfect storm of just every day is chaos um, and how players are moving. But somehow what seems stagnant is is Chip Kelly's contract or at least the announcement of so. Um, yeah, so we have January 16th, which is under a week. And it's crickets in terms of, of public information. And last we heard, you know, from little insider tidbits that we read or, you know, that's in the Twitter sphere is that uh, UCLA is at impasse with the, how they made an offer to Chip Kelly. I mean, he could have signed over the weekend and we have no idea. But last we heard is that he wasn't, you know, his agent, who is now Sexton, who is also you know, our former coach's agent, Mora and very much some of the heavy hitters out there. Uh, and but one of the most notorious agents on the market is is doing a deal with Jarman. So he's he's dealing with a heavyweight. And it seems like uh, we haven't come to an agreement. But with that, I mean, Zed, like now we just have so much coaching movements and, and player movements on that front. Like, I don't know how to feel about UCLA football. Not maybe I don't need to feel anything about it yet. Um, maybe going into spring, things could change. What I do like in this, I'm going to say this. Okay, so we have players return. We have DTR, which is big, right? That's like we can't understate that because we had Dylan Gabriel who committed to us back in December 15th, and then flipped as soon as Caleb Williams obviously wants to go play for offensive coordinator Levy, who was his quarterback coach back at UCF, so we weren't surprised, but uh, also, you know, a lot of rumblings that part of that decision was DTR returning. That was huge, right? Um, and we'll get to that, you know, whether it's this episode or next one. Sean Ryan leaves, and unfortunately, because um, obviously a big part of the decision that we heard was Justin Fry, you know, went to OSU for a pay raise, and also, um, you know, he's going to be coaching with OSU, Ohio State, you know, so... Not very surprising there. Uh, Ryan Day's close to Chip Kelly, so I'm sure Chip Kelly signed off on it, but we're not very happy as fans if Chip Kelly's going to be staying, which we still don't know in January. But what I love, again, is that we have not heard a single thing about Zach Charbonnet other than that he's in classes and he is probably going on with his life, <laughs> sticking to his schedule. <laughs> and, uh, you know, reports are saying that he probably will not be going to the draft, you know, but I don't think we're ever going to get announcement for this. <laughs> I just imagine him showing up for a spring ball <laughs> and we're just like, I guess he's staying. Like, it'll just be one of those reports that, you know, the deadline pass I, I think the deadline's on next tuesday and we'll know for sure but i'm not expecting an official announcement from zach and i love it he's just he's he can't be he's done with all the pr stuff he's just like i'm here to ball and and get my degree like <laughs> go zach a great nothing work. wrong with that <laughs> preferred on my part as someone i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i can do with less drama um so 
that that is that. I don't know. I mean, we got Mallow as a coach, which is really cool because I think he's a great recruiter and he's done some good things at Washington. And we already see that his hiring paid dividends. And then we got um, who I can't say his name yet. Uh, he's gonna have to forgive me. I think it's Kalua Lula or something. Um, the he was gonna be our D line coach from UNLV, and he seems pretty pumped up and just amped in the same way you know as as our other. Uh, it's similar, I think Kafusi was pretty pumped up on social. You know, you have coaches who who are more vocal on the Twitter sphere, and I think Chad, what's his name? Is his first name Chad? Is he's gonna be pretty vocal there? But yeah. uh, and other than that, we got great transfers outside of Dylan. You know, flipping to Oklahoma, which was expected, but we just got Titus um, TMA is what I call him, and um, you know, also we got the MLB, the middle linebacker from Hawaii. Um, and then we also got, I mean, we got the DE from, from Washington, who's formerly medical retired, but someone we recruited out of, you know, out of, of, of high school who went to a football school and up in Sacramento. And, uh, we got our transfer, a wide receiver transfer from Duke. And we have now two left, two tackle spots to fill. There's more tackles coming on the market just a lot more movement so hopefully and i think we have about seven rides left so let's try to get those filled especially on the o-line um and if zach's returning i am feeling good about this offense uh but again i haven't mentioned the point which i know zed is about to mention that if chip kelly stays what is happening to our defensive coordinator because he needs to go well, there's there's two things here. One, I have no idea what the hell is going on with the, the contract, like you mentioned. Either I, it's it's bizarre. Um, we're definitely at some weird standoff where, you know, Chip Chip clearly and and Jimmy Sexton clearly waited until you know Black Monday in the NFL had a bunch of uh, NFL coaches fired, and now he's probably saying you know. Using that as leverage, like, look, I can go here, I can go there. You know what? Great. I do respect and like that um, Jarman has held um, strong on this and not caved, clearly. Um, But it's also, I think, at the point where it's hurting us in the sense that nobody really seems to know, like, if he's going to actually be here next year or not. And if so, if not... Like who? How? How do we recruit? Um, and how do we we find some sort of stability? Kind of navigating in this complete blind gray area. I, I think one example of this is, you know, we've lost all these coaches that have jumped to different places, um, including Justin Fry. You just mentioned, you know, we lost our two starting tackles, but who actually recruits somebody from the transfer portal? right now for that O-line um, unit. And also, as an O-line recruit, like, why would I go to UCLA when I don't even know who my coach is going to be? First of all, from an O-line perspective, but even from a head coach perspective. Um, so we are kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, in my opinion, in that in that uh, area. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But I, I do think that you know, with all the returners coming back, um, we will have a good offense. Um, I am concerned about the O line a little bit by losing those two guys. Those were key pieces of having a very good O line. 
Plus also losing Justin Fry because he really turned that unit from being one of the weakest units on the team into probably being one of the best across both offense and defense. Um, like we've had a very good O-line for the last couple of years, and I, I credit Justin Fry for that turnaround. So losing him is is no small thing. Like I think that is a big, 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 big loss. Um, and one that hope we might feel next season and going forward unless we get a very good line coach. That being said, um, you are right. It all kind of depends on what the hell we end up doing with Jerry Azanaro, um, assuming Chip Kelly comes back. Um, and from what I can tell, what I've been able to dig up, that like that has not really come up at all publicly anywhere. Um, my, my hope is that the reason why this is such a snag is that Martin Jarman has said, look, here's your, here's your extension, and there's a stipulation that you change your defensive coordinator. That is my hope and my dream, and that is why I hope that this is um, you know, being delayed, but I, in reality, that's probably not the case. So what do we do in this situation? I have no idea. Um, I think if... if, if um, Chip Kelly comes back and retains Azanaro as defensive coordinator. This is a major, major fail for Martin Jarman and a major, major step back for this program. Um, I just, I just don't see a world or understand how you can justify keeping that clown on the sideline. It just, there's just no good reason for it whatsoever, minus that he's Chip Kelly's friend. Like, he's done nothing to justify it, and if he keeps him, it's, uh, it's egregious. Um, but, I again, I have no actual insider information on what's going on with it, um, and one can only just hope that that uh, Azanaro's fate is kind of in the mix of why this contract is being delayed right now. And, you know, if, if Chip Kelly chooses not to, for whatever reason, sign and walks, um, then, you know what, we, we're kind of in that same position where we can still hopefully go hire a new coach. Um, now, obviously, it's a little bit harder at this point because we're, we're at kind of at the tail end of the coaching cycle. A lot of people have been hired and snapped up. But, you know, the pipe dream is Dave Aranda. Um, he to my knowledge and to most people's knowledge or lack of knowledge is not signed an extension. So, you know, there's some glimmer of hope there, but again, probably not. And most likely I think Chip Kelly is coming back next season just by how the program's operating by hiring new coaches. It's just a matter of um, what that contract looks like and whether or not we have as an arrow returning. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm happy DTR is coming back. Um, I also think DTR returning also further indicates that Chip will be back. Um, but we'll see. It's just uh, it's, it's a weird, weird time to be a UCLA football fan. There's some there's some really awesome things happening, but then there's this just dark cloud of of Chip Kelly kind of, and his contract looming over everything. Yeah, um, and hope hope to have some clarity by next week. So we'll see. 
We'll see. I don't know. We have the easiest fucking schedule of all time next season, and I feel like we're going to just piss it away anyways um, if we come back with with um, Azenaro as, as a defensive coach. Yep. Um, there's football for you. It's ongoing. Outside of that, uh, you know, any other, I guess, women's tennis, men's tennis are going on. There's a pause, um, I believe, with men's tennis, if I'm correct. Yeah, I think you're right. And and then Jim uh, Gymnastics is killing it, top 10. Um, I don't know if, if any meets are coming up. Zed, you might know the schedule, uh, any big meets, but they are doing well, um, being featured in the papers. Women's basketball took a loss to Colorado. Not much to say there other than thoughts we said before. It just seems like it's going to be one of those seasons for women's basketball in a down year. It's feeling like I'm not sure there's going to be much improvement. But, again, we have a bright future ahead with recruiting that's coming in. So that's Yeah, cool. I do want to say they were coming off a pause themselves. Um, but, yeah, that's, it, was a, it was a tough loss. And, I don't know, we have a lot of talent. A lot of injuries, too, but, but a good amount of talent. And it's... Uh, We'll see what ha- what ends up happening this season. Yeah, fair point on that. Um, and then I think aside from that, we just we have you know basketball is really much on the menu this week. Uh, but really excited for that and other sports. Women, I mean swimming and diving obviously killed it. They just beat UC San Diego. Um, water sports are killing it as usual. And then I think volleyball is the one I forgot, men's volleyball. But we have track and field coming up, and then softball starts in a month or just about. So that's exciting as well. So sports are underway. The students are getting back, and it's exciting times. New year. Hopefully no new variants. Um, so let's let's keep this momentum going. Um, let's, you know, hopefully we're on the down end of this wave. And UCLA, we can enjoy the UCLA we know, and hopefully we get all the fans in. Because I know I sure do like watching them on TV. Uh, and I know you like being there in person. Oh, absolutely. Um, by the way, we, we didn't even mention this earlier, but um, do we think that USC is going to give out we were top five for a couple of weeks rings? It's been a debate <laughs> on Twitter I've seen. Oh, <laughs> uh, we were what? We, how long was that? Was it 48 hours of being a top five? I think so. They were like floating in the top ten for a little bit, and then this last poll, they they got moved up and then proceeded to lose to Stanford. I I think it legit was actually twenty four hours because it was like a matinee game, but that was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, rings would probably be the most apt uh, action that you know infield in his in that whole eighty department. Oh gosh, what a school. Um, I hope that I mean I I'm again me and Zed always differ on this. I probably mentioned this before. Um, I always I like USC to be good until we beat them. Sorry to football. sorry to interrupt. Um, Uh-oh. I'm getting getting live news right now. There's a source on Football Scoop um, that is uh, reporting that after eight seasons at Chip Kelly's side at Oregon, the NFL and UCLA, Jerry Azanaro has resigned. Thank God. Oh, my gosh. You're hearing it here live. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, again, we all know that's quote-unquote resigned. We haven't read the details, but uh, regardless, he's gone. Santa is dead. 
this is the the best news I could hear today about our football team. Um. Wow, I'm I'm shocked. I'm I'm at a loss for words. I was at the point where I didn't think this was going to happen this season. Um. You know, maybe this Chip Kelly thing might end up working out. We'll see, but this is a very, very good step. So a lot more, you know, obviously the dust hasn't settled yet, but there's one more boom and explosion that we have experienced live on the podcast. I think that was our first live news update, but amazing news. My um, Wednesday is already brighter, and I don't even care. They Having no DC versus having as is better for us, so... Um, believe it or not, I mean, you're essentially the same thing. So whoever we get in has, I mean, it's only way is up. So big news, exciting news. I'm, I'm sure it also points towards Chip Kelly returning. Um, but let's, let's fill in these, this OC, O-line, uh, tight end. Let's get rid of Pelham as well. I hope he's next, but, um, I'm just going to take what I can get for today. Big news, exciting news. This is, this is a great I don't even um, I don't know who we would replace him with. It's probably going to end up being Clancy Pendergast, which would be the most mediocre hire of all time. But at this point, I will take mediocre over just terrible. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. I know we're we were just wrapping up, but um, yeah. All right. Well, we're signing off. We're going to be keeping you know tabs on this, and hopefully by next week we'll have even more updates. Um, until then, go Bruins. Go Bruins.